Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living wisely, living well. This is the aphorism for July 19. Short and sweet and very interesting. Now, that's no, those are not Swami's words. That's the pre-aphorism commentary of the one commentating. Okay. The first and last words of a sentence are especially important. See that your sentences begin and end well. The rest, then, will, to a great extent, take care of itself. Now, when I first read this, being a writer myself and actually being trained to be a writer by Swamiji, I thought of this as advice to writers, but then I thought that's pretty silly because this is an aphorism of general value and only a very small percentage of the people will be writers. However, you know, when you compose an email or when you're um, making a more serious piece of writing, Swami's advice is exactly here, the first word and the last words are the most important. If you actually analyze any kind of writing you get or um, look at what you've written, you can see that when you spend a lot of words sort of just getting ready to say what you want to say, by the time you get to what you want to say, it's buried in the middle and people, the impact of your message is muddied at best and certainly the impact of it is taken away. So it's very important. What do you want people to get? Right away, I'm talking, first I'll talk writing, then talking. What do you want them to understand right away? And what impression do you want to leave them with? Because I'm talking about writing, I'll mention a a minute here. I had a lot of trouble learning to write for a lot of reasons. Swami's one of his charming comments to me was, (laughs) you don't know really what you want to say, so just to be sure you say it three times. Which, you know, was the truth, and it took me time to figure all that out. And what actually got me over the hump was uh, starting in 1987, living in Palo Alto, um, when we had to just build everything up, you know, with our own efforts, and print media was the way things were, were distributed, and we had a very good designer, and she would design first, and then I would have this much space. It was very interesting. I would write, a blurb is the term of art, but I would write a description of a class that was like 125 words and there would be only room for 50. I would take 125 words, reduce them to 50, and I wouldn't have lost any of the meaning. Oh, now there's a clue there, isn't there? Like, what are those 75 other words doing except clogging up the communication system? I honestly don't think I'm exaggerating. I could cut a piece of writing in half, and actually everything that needed to be said, and it was said magnetically, but there just wasn't all this other mental confusion going on around it. I was able then to say what what the point was, and I was able to put the point across. So in writing, you have time to work on it. When you're um, speaking, of course, it's happening just spontaneously, but you can see one could see, just thinking it through, that the ability to hone in on what you really want to say and then state it, start 
by taking a position and ending by taking a position and not always being trying to figure it out. There was a conversation we had once, which is the opposite of this, where a friend of mine, it was a group discussion. This became a famous joke, the disclaimer before you speak. I'm not sure whether, let's see. I don't know if you'll like this idea. I'm, I'm not sure this is really a good idea. I'm not even sure that I really believe it myself. <laughs> and then after that long introduction, he offered something which I don't even remember now whether the group liked it or not. But the introduction became famous. But like, you know, how long? And as that happened, it was a group of friends and we all got a good laugh out of it. But how often isn't that what we do? We start with a, a big story about ourselves just telling what we feel, what we think, what we don't feel, what we had for breakfast, why we're a little off today. And then we finally say what we want to say, by which point a number of things have happened. People are not, are not so interested in what you're saying or can be not so interested. They can be confused by what the point of your message is. They can blink and miss the point. And all the energy in the room is about you personally and your idea is now sort of lost in self-concern. So, but if you say what you mean and say it clearly. Now, of course, the other part of this is you, you have to really train your mind. One of the things that I enjoyed so much about being with Swamiji was that you really, you couldn't go to sleep in his company. And it wasn't because he was stern and unkind. It was exactly the opposite. He was wonderfully supportive and kind. But he just operated at a very high vibration is the only way I could say it. And in his company, you had to rise into that. You, you, you had to be awake and you had to know what you wanted to say. This is uh, not about this exactly, but I was just remembering the other day. Um, there's a beautiful cellist named Jacqueline Dupre, and she died a number of years ago. And she she was a shining star of a musician, but she developed um, MS and lost her ability to play and died young. But she, she was and is. You can still hear, hear her recordings. And back in the early 70s, before Swamiji had written so much music of his own, he would often play classical music. We would often enjoy listening to class, classical music. One of the, and it was a phonograph in those days. With a, you know, I'm going to show like with a record spinning, you know, a hard disc. And... Uh, so he had a phonograph. We, he didn't have electricity, but we had a generator. So he turned on the generator and we'd play some music. And one of the pieces he particularly loved was Jacqueline playing a, a cello concerto. It's probably the one she was most famous for, but a very famous one, but I wouldn't know. It was just beautiful. I'm not schooled in those things. And uh, right after it, for some reason, the very next band on the phonograph record began with something that was so dissonant to the mood of the one that had just finished. We were sitting there, and we had just listened to this beautiful cello piece, and of course listening to music with Swami, who had such a deep consciousness about these things. We were very moved, and he knew what was about to happen, and he didn't want it to happen, and he said, just sort of into the silence, Asha, stop that. And I first thought he meant the phonograph record, so I jumped up and I moved very quickly. I jumped up and I darted over and I was about to lift it when I thought perhaps it was just global advice to me. <laughs> and just before I lifted up the phonograph record, did you mean the record, Swamiji? 
<laughs> and he laughed and said, of course, and, you know, I took it off like that. But, you know, it was so emphatic and it was so exactly what he wanted. Now, that was an example. But when Swamiji would speak, he would say what he meant. He would say it appropriately. He, and he just didn't fill the airwaves with a lot more. And part of that, you see, also gave tremendous power to what he said. Because he, he didn't, I, the words I want to use is he didn't waste energy. Now, I don't think that filling out a story is necessarily wasting energy. But, well, it's exactly what I was saying about the writing. I'm not sure what I have to say, so I say it three times just to be sure. Now, everybody's mind works differently. You know, my mind is very quick and I have this peculiar talent. I often joke with people. It's not actually that I know more than some other people. It's that I can articulate every molecule of information I have in my mind. It's, it's the gift of articulation. And I, I, <clears throat> I appreciate that not everyone has that. And everybody operates at a different speed. One of my friends pointed out to me who operates at a, a slower speed than I, but is quite insightful, and everything she says is worth listening to. She said, in a group, whoever thinks the fastest does all the talking, because those with a slower rhythm, it takes them a little bit longer to be sure to understand what they want to say and to take thought and put it into words. So another thing, just as a conversational aside, is if you're one of those who thinks really fast, give the room a little silence so that those who don't can find their way. Especially when Swami's saying here, you know, take the time to know. What I was also saying is like words have power. Sound is a manifestation of Om. And of the eight manifestations of God, sound is one of them. But sound, um, like all manifestations of God, it can be dissipated. Other, um, another manifestation, for example, is love. But people who are careless and will just say, I love you to anyone because it, they might be able to get something from that person or just they, they love this one today and that one tomorrow, you know, the, the, the power of their love is not so great. Or if people, joy is a manifestation, one of the eight manifestations. But if we're so excited about the new car and so excited about the new dress and so disappointed when we get a spot on the new dress, it's just, there's just no, there's no power in it. So what he's also saying is, is um, what, not conserve our energy exactly, but concentrate our energy. Concentrate on, on what we want to say. Don't just sort of randomly start talking. But focus one's mind. Focus on, on list, listen to other people while they're talking and pay attention to what they're saying and feel the vibrations of what they're saying. And if you're engaged in a conversation, also pray to be guided. You know, ask to be an instrument so that you're really listening. See, that's what I meant about Swamiji. When you were with him, you had to really listen. You couldn't just... Um, have your mind wander and then walk back into the conversation. First of all, he he would make it clear to you that that was not acceptable. You know, depending on how it was appropriate to make that clear, he would make it clear. And I remember him commenting about uh, one particular person who, who who followed this, but not in the right way. He said, "You ask me a question, I answer it." But you don't listen to my answer. You spend the time that I'm talking 
formulating your next question, which was exactly right. So it was, it was conversation was just what you would say. It just would go on and on without ever, you would never feel power in the exchange. You know, the exchange of words between people can be exceedingly powerful, but not if you're, if you're just in the habit of dissipating your words. Some people, it's very interesting to me, they just talk all the time. Now, that could be said about me. I have, well, every day I multiply it, now I'm multiplying it by multiples, but I have over a thousand videos on my um, YouTube channel, and many of them are quite long. But at least I have quantity, but I hope I also have quality. But what I mean is talking without thinking. And just like I have energy inside myself and I'm going to let it drain out. You know, it's, it's God-given energy. And everything about us is designed not to just spend time doing something, distracting our minds, but, but the purpose of, of every minute, every breath that's given to us by the divine is that we should use this life force to gradually elevate our consciousness to an ever-deepening attunement with God. Giving of yourself, you know, to a room full of people, to a conversation, is, is, is making best use of our time. Merely to hoard your energy and never share it is not necessarily to expand and multiply it. But when we expand and multiply it, we should do it consciously. And that doesn't mean that every subject has to be deep. That was something that took me a while to learn. I'm in a female body, but I was not attuned to a lot of female ways, and I had to learn some of it. And women like to exchange vibrations. So I began to realize that just chit-chatting about things that don't have profound meaning, if one does it with concentration and with care, is also a beautiful way of just exchanging energy. And then whatever we do, Let's do it with full concentration and attention. Now again, I'm going to tell a funny story that's just the opposite. Swamiji was walking down the street once and saw a, a dress in the window, which he didn't think was very attractive. And he was walking with Nirmala, and Nirmala, she, is one of the leaders of the Sacramento Center now, had lived in India, did many things with Swamiji. Swamiji looks at the dress and then says to her, If you were a woman, would you wear that dress? And Nirmala said, well, Swamiji, as it happens, I am a woman. (laughs) But no, sir, I wouldn't wear that dress. (laughs) But even still, just straightforward, say what you mean. You can make jokes, but do it with concentration. Now, let me read again. The first and last words of a sentence are especially important. See that your sentences begin and end well. The rest then will, to a great extent, take care of itself. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.